Hey, my name's Helen and you're listening to the Love Mondays Club podcast. If you're a fellow tutor, trainer or coach, then welcome. You're in the right place. Whether you're looking to start, grow or expand your online services, this podcast is for you. My goal is to help you build your business, earn more money and have more fun in this messy muddle we call entrepreneurship. Every Monday, I'm going to be sharing practical tips to help you accelerate your business. From marketing to mindset to money, we'll cover it all. So if you're ready, let's dive in. So having challenging conversations, how does that make you feel? Does it make you feel like you want to curl up a little bit in a ball, hide under the table, try and avoid confrontation at all costs? I know that's how lots of people feel when I talk to them about handling challenging conversations in their business. And interestingly, this has been one of my almost sort of most requested topics when it comes to podcast episodes and advice and generally just a bit of the customer service side of running your business. So I'm really pleased today to be sitting down here with you guys on the podcast and going through some different scenarios that you might face in your business and how to handle some of the challenging conversations that can come off the back of these. Now, when I say challenging, this doesn't necessarily mean like negative or bad, but I do know it's those kind of conversations that cause you maybe a bit of discomfort, maybe cause you to overthink things, generally want to avoid them and keep putting them to the bottom of your to-do list. One of the reasons why I feel quite confident talking to you about this and have a little bit of expertise in it, I say a little, quite a lot really, is that my previous role before I did coaching, before I did tutoring, I was a complaints handler at a charity, which I know sounds a bit of a juxtaposing idea, but there we go. <laughs> we, Our department certainly existed and we were certainly busy. And in this role, I did this for a year or so, and then I became the manager of one of the teams. So not only was I handling complaints, I was also handling escalated ones. So in this context, you know, I had people swearing at me, hanging up on me, calling me names, threatening me, crying and shouting at me, downright refusing to speak to me. And this still sounds pretty extreme. And I'll hasten to add, this wasn't like totally a daily occurrence. But you know what? Like nothing builds resilience more than working in a complaints department or sort of learning to handle complaints. The one thing that I really will say and this is so important here for running your own business, is that none of your clients should be doing any of those things to you that I just listed. You know, the context of me working for a big, huge business in a sort of corporate world and in the charity sector as well, like it was very different. Like, you know, the blunt truth is I didn't get to choose who the customers were or the clients were. And so I had to kind of take a lot of the stuff on the chin. But the great thing with running your own business, and I try to emphasize this as much as possible, is that you get to choose who you work with. You know, you get to try and attract those ideal clients. You want to work with people that light you up, make you think, I'm so lucky, I'm so happy to do this job. But what I will say though, is that even though we try to work with, you know, the best people possible. And sometimes through no fault of our own, these challenging conversations might arise within our business. Now, as I say, with my background in complaints handling, this is, I really want to emphasize this again. This is not something that you should ever, ever be putting up with. Like never let your clients treat you badly or make you feel bad. 
But the principles from these situations that I've been in that I'm going to share with you are still relevant and the tactics I'm going to talk to you about, partly to help you from a mindset point of view, but also partly to put systems and processes in place in your business to help make things a lot easier. And the truth is as well, like if you're in business for long enough, you are going to have to have challenging conversations at times. Like this is just the reality of it. Like when you run a business, when you're managing things, sometimes like tough conversations have to be had you know whether it's people who are not your clients yet people are currently your clients maybe contractors maybe people who work for you so that's what this episode is all about is helping you to kind of face these challenges and how to how to handle those situations first situation that can sometimes cause a bit of a challenging conversation or ones that we maybe want to avoid or feel a bit awkward about are freebie hunters these are people in your audience who are maybe and not intentionally you know this this certainly doesn't sit here to be a criticism of people but sometimes you know people go around sort of scooping up all the free stuff that they can get online and there's so much great stuff out there and you know I also recommend to you guys about creating lead magnets and putting free stuff out there to help show off your skills and what you do but there's got to be a line here and the thing is that I appreciate you know you probably want to help people it's not fair on your paying clients if you're sitting there in your inboxes and your direct messages giving free advice to people who aren't your paying customers. So a really big thing here is first of all thinking about your boundaries. So for example, where can people contact you? So I'll give you like a personal example. So for me on social media, I'm very happy to be chatty in a kind of public space and talk to people, answer questions. But as soon as things start to move into my inbox or my direct messages, that's when my boundaries become a lot stricter because that's also the place where, for example, maybe my sales inquiries come in. So I want to keep on top of those. But also as well, a lot of my client work goes through those more private channels. So I can't have those channels suddenly filled up with people just asking to, you know, pick my brains. The way to handle these situations is, first of all, you have to kind of judge and gauge a little bit as to whether this is a potential client, somebody who's just got a couple of questions and they might be interested in your program. So a way of handling this is sometimes saying things like, you know, that's a great question. Thank you so much for asking. Like, this is exactly the type of stuff that I cover in my programs. Would you be interested in finding out more about the programs and how I can support you with X, Y, and Z, whatever it is that they've asked you about. So that's like a great little opener to get people onto a discovery call with you. So another really important thing as well to ask yourself is, are you selling enough? Because sometimes it's not the fault of your audience that they are kind of relying on you for free support and free advice. Because we can fall into the trap sometimes with our marketing and our social media that we want to be helpful. You know, we want to get a really good sort of like reputation going on. We want to be known as the go-to person. But then sometimes we can almost over deliver on the free things. And what that does is it then almost trains your audience to expect to kind of get everything free from you. Like you're almost becoming a bit of a Google encyclopedia, Wikipedia page for them. Ask yourself, like, are you selling enough in your channels? So for example, yes, you might have your free lead magnet which I highly highly recommend all part of email marketing strategies but do you have a really clear sort of sequence that people go through after that like are they being sold to and I don't mean that in a pushy way but are you making it really clear like how people can come work with you and how they can get you know so much more value and support from you because we don't want to expect our you know train our audience to expect free things from us because then what will happen is that if we do then try and sell to them they won't like 
take it. You know, they'll be like, well, hang on a minute. You know, she's never asked me for money before. She's never asked me to sign up to anything before. And it can create sort of a bit of tension in that way in your audience. So yes, it's always about a healthy balance between the two, but also having really strong boundaries with people and just making it really clear. This is what I can help you with for free, like the basic foundation level stuff, but anything above that, you need to be in one of my programs or buy one of my services for me to help you. The second challenging conversation, and this is something people always, always ask me about, is people missing payments and what to do about this and having to kind of, you know, spend your time chasing payments from people after you've delivered the service and things like that. Before I kind of jump into this, honestly, my main bit of advice is just to get people to pay in advance. Like this might be something, if you're not doing this at the moment, this might feel like a bit of a jump. I know for me when I first started like asking people to pay up front I don't know why it felt sort of strangely audacious to ask people to give me money before I'd given them the service but like the reality is take a step back if I wanted to go to say like a yoga class here's a random example I generally have to book my place on that course and that means paying for it beforehand so you know so many other contexts with things we have to pay for things in advance so your service doesn't have to be any different to that and like on a personal level in my business now I don't deliver any kind of service to people until the money's in my bank account because you know in that situation I know that we're all paid up we're all sorted so I can concentrate all my efforts in helping and supporting them like I don't want to be having to chase people afterwards because one it can kind of sour the relationship a little bit and also as well like who has time to be sitting here going through and kind of trying to follow up with payments and chasing people all the time so that's the number one thing get people to pay in advance but if currently you don't do that let's take a few steps back and I can talk I'll talk to you about what you can do so for example first of all have really strong terms and conditions in place and have a really firm cancellation policy as part of this as well now again this could feel you could feel a bit of resistance with this but you've really got to stick to your guns and what I would suggest doing is writing out so this is something that I provide for people in my programs <laughs> but I give them like templates and things like that of how to kind of handle these conversations so like the templates will be for example if somebody cancels last minute we have a template that we can just send to people that essentially outlines the terms and conditions and makes it really clear essentially that they're not going to be getting a refund or that it's going to be chargeable either way and having these sorts of templates in place is really helpful for you because in some ways it almost takes away the responsibility of you to handle it because you are following like a procedure that you've set up in your own business like again you know when I used to work for a bigger company if something had happened if someone I'd know it like missed a payment or something like that we had procedures to follow through we had like email sequences that we would send out to people and chasing reminders and None of that felt personal because it was just the process that we had in place. And if we didn't have that, the businesses wouldn't work. So it's exactly the same for you. Like treat your business like a big, huge company would and make sure you have those procedures in place to follow up. With these sort of chaser series as well, like they don't have to be really formal. Like I used to follow a kind of three-step process. So like the first message would be a polite reminder. Think about how you've communicated with a customer. Like what's the best channel that they seem to respond to on? Like is it text, email, social media, whatever it might be. So the first one can just be a polite remember, sorry, polite reminder, your payment is due. 
The second one, maybe like a few days or a week later, is the more formal reminder. And then depending on how you're kind of working with this person. So for example, if you're providing an ongoing service, then the third email is going to have to be a services are suspended until, you know, payment is made. And you have to kind of draw a line in the sand with these things and, and sort of encourage people to take action. And then otherwise, if it's not that you've already kind of given the service, then that third one needs to be, again, another sort of formal reminder for people. But as well in this whole process, like I would always be asking questions as well and saying things, you know, did you get the last reminder? Do you have the details that you need? Get on the phone, like call people because it's so easy for people to read messages and be like, yes, 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 I'm going to do that. Put their phone down or whatever and just totally forget about it so getting on the phone is really important and that actually brings me really nicely to the next one complaints I think when we're small business owners getting a complaint is one of our biggest fears I know like everybody I speak to kind of worries about you know a one-star review or somebody not being happy with the services so let's talk through a few sort of mindset tips and kind of strategy tips of how to deal with these things. Because again, the longer you're in business, the chances of a complaint coming through, it's not ridiculously high, you know, but it might happen. Because also as well, we can't necessarily please everybody all of the time. My first bit of advice is, in these situations, don't let your emotions get the better of you. Like one thing I always say is if you receive an email or a message or you see something, this is more in a private sense. If it's like a public thing, then you maybe need to do a bit of firefighting a little bit quicker. But if it's, let's say, an email or a text or something like that, my advice is always send like an acknowledgement straight away saying like, thank you for your message. I've received it. I will get back to you, you know, as soon as possible regarding this issue or this matter. Walk away from the situation like don't let your emotions get the better of you because it's so easy in these moments to feel hurt angry frustrated confused upset you know all the kind of negative emotions like guilt all these sorts of things can start creeping in and that's just like your gut reaction to it but that's not what we want to be projecting them back onto our customers so go for a walk sleep on it um give yourself time to kind of look at things a lot more objectively so other things to consider is actually in the moment, like, is it a complaint or is it actually just feedback? Is somebody maybe just making a request or asking something and they've just worded it in a way that's kind of rubbed you up the wrong way a bit? (laughs) Because I've had this before, you know, I've had people sort of emailing us back in my sort of tutoring sort of scenarios and like, on reflection, it was feedback. They were kind of requesting things, but maybe it just wasn't worded in the best way. And like, it's so easy, isn't it? Like when you run your own business, you're trying so hard, like you're doing your absolute best to give like a great service to the people you work with and you really care about them. So, you know, sometimes if you get these sort of emails or these messages, it can feel like a bit of a, you know, a stab. It can, it can really hurt. <laughs> but this is the thing. Nine times out of 10, we catastrophize and we make things a lot worse in our own minds than what they actually are. So my general go-to approach with this, and this is what I recommend to everybody, is to get on the phone with people. Because text messages, emails, direct messages, everything, like you know, that side of communication, there is so much room for interpretation of like tone and the way things are being said. Whereas, you know, if you can get somebody on the phone or even better, if you can get them on Zoom, if you can actually get that full 100% kind of commute, the way we communicate, you know, it's body language, it's tone, and then it's the words that we use. And in reality, 
body language is the biggest form of communication followed by tone and then words come last so that's why we don't want all of these sorts of things to be dealt with just by emails like getting someone on the phone so you can hear them is the best thing so once you're on the phone you know you acknowledge what they've said and you just listen really carefully so don't go in all guns blazing you know like trying to sort of solve the situation straight away. Like a lot of the time, if people are making a complaint or trying to give some feedback, they just want to be heard. Like nine times out of 10 as well, whenever somebody kind of reacts in a way that maybe surprises you or is negative, like I always say this, it's never really about you. It's normally about them. There's normally something going on there behind the scenes. So the more that we can listen and try to really understand our customer's situation, the better we can help them. And also as well, people really appreciate appreciate it if you acknowledge their concerns and you know identify with them and say things like you know I can hear I can hear you're really upset about this I totally understand where you're coming from if I was in your situation I would feel the same you know like really empathizing with people the worst thing you can do is tell someone that they're wrong (laughs) like don't be blunt like that but equally as well like as I said earlier, there's got to be boundaries here. You know, don't, if somebody starts like raising their voice to you or making you feel uncomfortable, then you need to end the conversation there because it's not productive. But equally as well, in these sorts of conversations, if somebody's upset, you know, there tends to be like a peak of emotion in the conversation and then we can then bring it back down again, like I say, by kind of empathising with people, you know, showing sympathy and things like that. Another really important thing is to be factual with people. Try not to bring in too much of like your own interpretation. I'll give you an example. So, One time there was a complaint that we had to deal with, which was somebody had signed up to attend this sort of live workshop and their internet wasn't working. It kept crashing. Then the battery on the laptop died and they got kicked out, etc, etc. So in terms of the workshop, it caused a bit of disruption because these things were dipping in and out. And then afterwards, the person involved was sort of a bit upset and either wanted a discount or or wanted, you know, some extra things off the back of it. So in this situation, what we did was we spoke them on the phone, listened to them, you know, heard about all of the kind of difficulties that they were having at the time and all the challenges. And we, you know, we acknowledged this with them. We said, you know, it must have been really frustrating. You know, we can hear that you were really looking forward to it. And we're so sorry that you missed out on these things. But then this is where different things like terms and conditions come in. Also being factual, not in a patronizing way, but, you know, emphasizing things like, for example, you know, unfortunately, Wi-Fi devices like these are not things within our control. We would love to have supported you in that moment, but it just wasn't something that we could physically do. And then also as well, you know, terms and conditions. So saying things like, you know, did you have a policy in place to start with? What was your refund policy? And then at the end of it, ultimately, whatever the complaint or sort of feedback is, you want to try and reach some kind of mutual conclusion because this customer could potentially go on to becoming you know a customer again in the future they might want to work with you again so we want there to be a mutual sort of conclusion at the end of this where you're happy and they're happy but again boundaries don't over deliver like don't then suddenly go and offer like in this example I just gave you there like we wouldn't then offer to go redo the entire workshop just for them so you know if you're working online backup things could be like maybe you could have a recording of it maybe you could send over the kind of resources that you use during the workshop this is just a kind of slightly hypothetical situation now but these are the types of complaints I'll be honest that I have had to deal with in the past (laughs) but generally like I say speaking to people on the phone reaching that mutual conclusion that's what you really want to aim to do a couple more things to talk about challenging conversations so it can 
can also be really tricky, I think, sometimes when you start working with somebody and it doesn't, that kind of like relationship that you have with them, not necessarily like it's breaking down, but you can see that maybe there's not much progress being made. So I'll talk about this from like a tutoring perspective. So back when I was tutoring, you know, we're we're working towards exams. I know that there's like deadlines that we have to meet and there's a lot of content to get through. And potentially in some situations, I could see that that just wasn't happening for certain people. This can be frustrating for you because again, you're giving it your all, you're showing up, you're really trying to help. And then you may be not seeing that same kind of energy coming back to you from the client. Again, you know, you can start, this can also then start to kind of you know mess with your mind a little bit because you can start to think well are they not enjoying it are they not getting stuff from it are they missing things you know like are they going to complain at the end if they don't get the result that they want so first things first if you feel like this with a, a client or a customer don't sit back and just wait to see what happens like open up those lines of communication face to face zoom to zoom on the phone is always better to have a proper conversation with people and ultimately don't go in a bit like the complaint situation don't go in all guns blazing like always treat these situations as like a fact-finding mission so treat it like you're going to have a check-in with people and just ask people you know how are you finding for example let me use the tutoring example like how are you finding the 11 plus process so far you know I appreciate there's a lot of work here I just wanted to see you know how your child is getting on with you know ticking off these these sort of different sheets and things that we ask them to do every week so really like open open-ended questions and allowing your client to open up and sort of give their their side of events and nine times out of ten what you'll find is that there is a reason that maybe they're you know not able to show up as much as they wanted to or they're not getting the results they want and they just haven't expressed that to you yet they haven't told you about it so like I say go into these conversations almost looking for feedback now If it's the case that that your customer or client then turns around to you and says, oh no, everything's absolutely fine, you know, uh, no no concerns, but you still have concerns, then again, the way to address this is being really factual. So for example, in those situations, I would say to people, you know, again, it's that when you give feedback to people, you kind of start with the positive, squeeze the negative in, and then end with the positive. There's also a bit of a crude name for a sandwich for this, but I won't repeat that on the podcast because I've never liked the phrase. (laughs) But it's the whole idea of like sandwiching the kind of negative things you want to say. So, you know, I would talk about how I loved working with that person. Uh, I loved working with the family and the child and, you know, the lessons were great. But I do have a couple of things that I wanted just to highlight, just to make sure that they were aware. So, for example, I would say to them, look, you know, the exam is in X month's time. You know, here's the timetable of all the stuff that we need to get through we should be here but we're actually back here I just wanted to you know make you aware of this and see if you had any questions and see if there's anything we can do together you know always this idea of like collaborating it's all about working together you're there to support them um, making them feel supported and you know how can I help you basically get from A to B like where you are now and where we need to be and again this is a great opportunity for you to get feedback and see if there's anything different that you can do as well to help your clients because if it's going to help one client any changes 
it's probably going to help your others as well so these are always really interesting fact-finding conversations so I think it can feel challenging going in because you don't know what what people are going to say just be open-minded about it and yeah hear people out that's the most important thing um so it's got two more to go one of them is about ending relationships and the other one is about you and your boundaries so we talked about kind of maybe like how you sometimes need to try to help people to get to their goals a bit faster other times there will be people who you maybe start working with and after a while you just feel like it's not the right fit anymore you know you've tried everything you can and you're not getting a good sort of energy and feeling from it and maybe you're picking up from them that that's the same so ultimately in these situations there's lots of different ways that we can do it and honestly a lot of this also depends on your services and what you offer but first of all it kind of comes back to that conversation I was just saying now where it's really good to sit down have a face-to-face conversation with people uh, on the phone and just you know check in with them see how they feel that things are going and again you know if you're sitting there feeling like they're not getting results and they're not getting much from it I guarantee that they're probably thinking that the same what you can do in these conversations is make sure you always have the facts to present to the client but emphasize that whatever decision that you're making between the two of you is always in their best interest so like it's not about them personally it's not about you personally it's just for example again I'll give the example of teaching maybe I would say you know that this style of teaching perhaps just isn't quite right for your child so for example if I was doing groups then I would say to them I actually think that one-to-one would be you know a much better option for you but then you take away your availability so you say but unfortunately this is not something I can personally offer you at the moment however and then again to really help that kind of like closing relationship like signpost people so you know do you know where you could recommend them to go and get help elsewhere and like I say I feel like these are tough conversations to have sometimes but nine times out of ten in my experience the other person probably feels the same and they're maybe just waiting for you to kind of make that move in, in sort of opening up the the dialogue about sort of how things are going And also another thing with this as well is like you almost want to, you know, the best way to avoid these sorts of situations is going back a few steps to that initial pipeline stage you have of attracting people and making sure you're attracting the right clients, you know, people with the same values, the same kind of work ethic, the same approach, all these sorts of things. And like, we're not going to get it right 100% of the time, but there's a lot of kind of like barriers I guess and kind of sign like check posts we can put in the beginning before we work with people to make sure that we are a right fit and another way you can do this as well is again in your terms and conditions you could potentially have like a sort of clause in there which says you know after four weeks or four sessions or whatever we have a review and we have a check-in and we see is it working? Um, So again, your customer is kind of expecting that review and it's almost like a get out clause for both of you. So people don't feel kind of like they're tied in and fully committed to things and same for you as well. Okay, so that was the last on our list. So just to kind of summarize what we've talked about here today is we've talked about sort of how to handle challenging conversations when it comes to people who are maybe just relying on you for free materials people who are maybe like your clients and they're missing payments people who maybe are trying to you know they're they're making a complaint or they have some sort of feedback that can be a little bit scratchy for you to hear working with people and how sometimes you don't feel like they're getting the right results or even that you want to just end the relationship with people 
And I think a big thing to hopefully take away from all of this is that so much of these conversations and like the the outcomes of them, a lot of it is your mindset going into it. Being really objective and really open-minded, I think is really important when you go into these into these conversations and, you know, not kind of going in there with, with your shield up, you know, ready for battle. <laughs> Because nine times out of 10, the conversations don't go that way. But like overall in your business, like you always have to protect yourself. So having strong terms and conditions is so important. You know, making sure that people understand these terms and conditions as well before you start working with them. So again, in my programs, like I help people set up like automations and terms and conditions and things like that so that we know that every single customer that comes to work with them is aware of like these different scenarios and what would happen inside of them. I think it's really important for us and ourselves to accept that like sometimes we all make mistakes and like to give yourself, give everybody, you know, a bit of leeway and a bit of forgiveness. Like again, there might be times where you've maybe missed an appointment, you've forgotten to make a phone call, you've forgotten to send something, something didn't turn out perfectly as well as you'd planned. And you know, that that's just human nature. Like none of us are perfect. We do all make mistakes. So don't put yourself under too much pressure that, you know, if something doesn't go quite well and you maybe have to have a bit of a difficult conversation of it, like be very, um, I guess, humble in these situations. And again, like your customers will really respect you for this and having, you know, having those open conversations and again, like reaching those mutual conclusions or mutual sort of situations is going to be really helpful. I do want to emphasize though, that sometimes the customer isn't always right. I, I sometimes don't like this feeling in customer service that you have to kind of cowtail to people people you know because like at the end of the day you're running your own business here and I know that you are probably working so hard you're trying your best you know you're full of inspiration you're excited about what you do you want to make a real success of it and like you deserve to be treated really well like you deserve to work with people who respect you who pay you on time who show up for you and look you know like I say we're all human like sometimes these things get in the way and not everything is perfect but this never means that you have to take any nonsense like you should never work with people who don't make you feel happy um, and who don't light you up in what you do. So again, those boundaries, you know, acknowledging that actually the customer isn't always right, but we want to do our best to work with customers who we know are the right fit for us. And that's, you know, for yourself and for them as well, makes a much happier work-life situation. (laughs) Okay, I hope that you have found this episode helpful. I feel like I've thrown lots of stuff at you in the past half an hour. If you have any questions about handling challenging conversations, any scenarios that you want to kind of bounce off, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to know if there's anything as well that you would like me to have added to this episode to cover because I can definitely talk about this for another half an hour, definitely talk to you more about this in some future episodes. So if you follow me on any of the social media channels over this next week or so, Um, if you're listening to this sort of live on the Monday that it comes out then I'm going to be talking a lot more about sort of challenging conversations in my social media so you might be able to scoop up a few more tips and hints along the way so you can follow me on Instagram which is at Love Mondays Club um, or I'm over on LinkedIn Helen Dickman it's a pretty unique last name you'll probably find me quite quickly and we can connect on there all right guys have a lovely week and I look forward to sharing more hints and tips with you in the next episode Mm -hmm.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Love Mondays Club podcast. Don't forget to review and subscribe or share this episode with one of your business friends. For more information and support from today's episode, head over to the show notes at lovemondaysclub.co.uk. Have a great week and I'll see you next Monday. Thank you.